So as everyday people, we don't always have a chance to tell our story, to be heard, but everyone's got a story. And this is Linda's. Hello, Linda. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today, Linda. You're welcome, Helen. So firstly, your job title sounds fabulous. You are a therapeutic life story worker. That's I right, am. isn't it? I am, yes. Um, but there's certain life experiences that led you to that job. So tell us about that and then about what a therapeutic life story worker is. Okay, so um, when I had my own child, I was I went back to university when she was a toddler. Um, she was diagnosed with dyspraxia. Um, and that affected her learning, her speech, her development, and she was really struggling and behind at school. So um, while doing my own studies, I went into her school to volunteer um, to to help and learn what she, what they were the strategies they were using in school to use at home. And I did that for a few years. And after I left university, um, I didn't want to be a teacher or a social worker, but I wanted to work with children. And that experience um, helped me to. Um, get a job in a high school working with um, disadvantaged and looked after children. Yeah, so therapeutic life story work then, what is that? Uh, so that that was a long time in the making, <clears throat> gaining experience, um, working with children, um, understanding, I, I, you know, it, um, initially I was, I thought education was, you know, the best option for children um, to give them choices when they were older to have positive outcomes. But I, I soon came to realise that trauma was a massive barrier and working through trauma and understanding the trauma and helping others understand the trauma um, that they'd experienced was the best way to help them and to help them make positive choices. Yeah, because I think in, in education... It's very much about your future, isn't it? Mm -hmm. About building for your future, what you're going to learn, so what you can do with that in the future. But actually, it's very important to look at our past, isn't it? Very. The things very. that have happened to us and how mm -hmm. they affect our our present. Mm -hmm. So, so tell us about that. Why working with with traumatic experiences is so important. So. Um, Understanding what's happened in the past, a lot of our children um, carry around a lot of blame and shame and, and don't often understand, you know, um, what's happened to them and why they've ended up um, being living with foster carers. Um, and and that causes lots of confusion and that, that then comes out in behaviour. Behaviour is communication. Um, and quite often they don't remember a lot of things that have happened. But, um, you know, that brain development in the first two to five years is so important and if there's been lots of chaos and lots of if there's been abuse and neglect then the brain the way the brain is formed has been um, interrupted and and you know changed and and they have certain behavior traits and you know um so it, it's about helping them to understand that it's helping the foster carers or the professionals around um to understand everything that they've been through um i, I it starts with me um getting lots of it's called the information bank so the, the the model that i follow is richard rose's therapeutic life story work um so i'll start with the information bank and i'll visit schools um previous um foster carers that they've lived with birth family any significant people that have been involved in that person's in that child's life i'll i'll try and contact and and build up um, a full story because our all our lives are made up of stories from different people when you mm -hmm. talk about your past you'll ask your sisters and your brothers and your grandma and you know and and sometimes our children don't have that 
um, sometimes they're not in touch with um, family members or even if they are, it's six times a year and there's not much time to think about the past in, the, in mm-hmm. those visits. So I'll get to, to meet them and get their stories and their backgrounds because quite often um, what's happened to them is you know, a direct link to how the, the children, you know, how they parented and how the children ended up being taken away from them. Yeah. And what sort of impact does this have on children then? What sort of positive um, sort of journeys you see them go on? So, um, during the, with the life story with the, work. With the work, So, yeah. it's a long piece of work. It's a nine months to 12, uh, oh, wow. to 12 months piece of work. Um, yeah, and, and they um, they meet and we include the, the really good thing about the difference between therapeutic life story work and the old-fashioned life story work is that the foster, the primary carer, the adoptive parent, if it's with somebody that's been adopted, or the, uh, the primary foster carer is involved in the sessions from the staff. They're involved in the planning and they're involved in the the direct work as well. So we sit down, the three of us, with a roll of wallpaper. Richard Rose calls that, like, um, relates to that as like the Bayou Tapestry. So each each session is recorded on the roll of wallpaper. Um, And we talk about, you know, first of all, we we build build relationships through play, play lots of games. We talk about feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... um, they will tell me their story from their memory and we'll write all that down. Um, and then as as they're comfortable with me and they're comfortable with the routine, we'll then start I'll then start to narrate the information from the information banks. And and in interspersed in that is lots of education around domestic violence, around drug and alcohol use. So while I'm doing the the education around it, we then bring in like maybe the parents past and how they come to be under the influence of drugs and alcohol mm. or why they've struggled with relationships um, through their mental health because they didn't have great relationships and uh, with their parents. Yeah. So it all starts to build a picture and fall into place for them. Mm. Um, the, the young people that I've worked with, um, they... Um, Two of them, especially one of them's about to go off to university, and he's he's he wasn't seeing his birth family, but he's now in touch with his birth family, and he's doing extremely extremely well with that. I'm managing that really well. Um, you know, it, it's 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 had great outcomes um, so far, and it, um, it's recently. The, the model, the Rose's model of therapeutic life story work has recently been evidence based by a university in um, Australia. Um, So there's been a pilot scheme, it's been looked at and researched and it's been proved that it does work, it really does work. So it's just sort of like being able to take everything sort of out of your head, put it all down and and just sort of understand it. Externalise the past and internalise understanding. And that's just so therapeutic, is Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. At the end of the nine months direct work, um, that we will then I will go away then, and and they know I'm going to write their book, and I call them editor in chief. So I'll write I'll, I'll write a life story book, but not like you've seen with pictures of where they lived and 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 things. It's 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 usually what they've agreed we can include from the wallpaper, what they've agreed we can include from the information and the conversations we've talked about. So it consolidates all that work really, and it and it you know, and then they edit it. They want if they want to make any change 
changes. So that's a really good way of bringing it all together at the end. And if they want, they can share that then with other people and professionals. So this this work with children and young people that you do, you know, sounds amazing. And it sounds like most people or, or children or young people will come into it and, you know, be really keen and, and want to make progress. Does that always happen? No. No, no, it's not right so for everybody. What happens when somebody maybe doesn't want to engage? What 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 do you do? Well, there's lots of ways we can still help um, by building the um, gathering all the information in the information bank. It's helped um, with one young person's diagnosis of autism. Um, it's helped um, professionals around him to have a snapshot view of what has happened in his past because social workers don't have the time to to read. You know, these changes in social work and they don't have the time all, um, to read everything, every bit of information. If I can collate all that together and, and uh, form a chronology of events, um, that's really helpful. Um, I can, we can use therapeutic stories. So um, I will, if, if the young people are not wanting to engage in the direct work, we can still use the information and talk to the carers to, to develop a storybook for them that's about them, but using a character of their choice. So it's not, you know, doesn't seem, it, you know, that takes away that the pain of seeing them in, in the middle of that, those situations, but it helps with their understanding around it. Okay. So so you work with a child for, as you say, nine to 12 months, mm-hmm. is it? And maybe that child is is in a foster placement at that time. What sort of positive impact does that have on the, you know, the fostering family and, and the, the foster care is really from their perspective? You know, how does, how does it help? What, what difference do they see? Well, they see um, a lot more settled, um, a lot set, settled at home. It improves um, relationships. You know, we, we we do the direct work with families that are in a settled placement because they need the the child when they're hearing all this information needs to, you know, needs to have a secure base because it's difficult things, mm-hmm. difficult stuff that they're working through. So it's already you know a good relationship, but. But I can't tell you how much the relationships improved even further from doing the work. Um, you know, it helps. It helps a foster carer's understanding. You know, one foster carer said in a in a session um, that, um, "But I treat you like I've treated our son," and um, you know, he was the the young person was able to um, say, "But it, but it's not the same." And for, for for the foster carer to understand that within with no judgment, with no shame, just with love and, and nurture, you know, and to 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 talk about these relationships is really important. And and also, you know, at fifteen and sixteen, playing Jenga and Uno, you know, just going back to the play as well, bring into introducing play and joy back into you know shared sense of joy back mm-hmm. into the lives is just. It's really valuable. So we've been talking a lot about fostering communities, basically the the support that a foster carer has all around them. You're part of that, really, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're you're part of that support. So you know, how does it feel to 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 do that? To, to oh, it's to, such a privilege. Yeah, it's such a privilege. And you know, um, doing working as a therapeutic life story worker within a fostering agency, I feel even more privileged because I get to see the journey progress. I don't just walk away as an independent and not know how it's been affected, how the work has affected the young people. I, I I see it. You know, I speak to the foster carers ongoing. 
in and and I see see that work and it's just great and then and, and then we get to network so if you know if another family is is referred and they're a little bit unsure the family that have already experienced the work can then be yeah. mentors and talk you know talk to them so it's a real great family kind of community yeah that's the community isn't it everybody supporting and helping Mm -hmm. each other yeah so we've talked a lot about you know obviously your work with with children and young people particularly in, in foster care but can this work be done with adults? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that the next uh, phase of therapeutic life story work is is focused on adults. I'm about to do a course. Um, we have I've had adults that have approached me and asked me to to do life story work with them. You know when. Um, when I've had one foster carer tell me it was like therapy for her as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the difficulty for my part is, you know, working one-to-one with a child is really easy, but when you have to when, when you have to include another person, that person's experiences, mm-hmm. their, their personality and, you know, experiences of trauma in their past also comes into play. So you get to know that and work with that as well. You know? Yeah, and, and we use the word trauma and we... Sometimes your mind jumps to, you know, big, terrible, obvious Mm -hmm. things that have happened to people. But actually, it can come in all shapes and sizes, can't it? And it can be things that maybe have happened in your past that you've never really given any attention to. Maybe you've minimised them. Maybe you don't think that they're that significant. You know, do you find that that people realise that experiences that they've had are more significant than they thought they were. Oh, absolutely. Doing this work has made me made me really conscious of my own journey, you know, my own past with uh, traumas. You know, um, you know, you can be in year six, the end of primary school, and turn up to a, um, a you know, to, to be be on the stage to a play that you practice for, and you see all the parents, you know, there, and you freeze, and that feeling of dread, and and you know, will stay with you, and it might not come come and resurface until you walk into a university lecture hall and you see all those people again you know or you you're about to make um a presentation when I you know you know um when I went to university the first time I had to do a presentation was just nerve-wracking I hadn't realized how much it would affect me you know and it and it almost stopped me from continuing so yeah, it's really important to have awareness. Yeah, so how did you deal with that? Did you do some sort of work yourself to sort of, you know, to, to work yeah, through it? Yeah, I had really good people around me, a good um, mentor at university um, that I could speak to and talk to about it. And he um, just, you know, um, gave me lots of support and um journaling helped as well journaling has always been a good thing for me to 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 do and and lots of walk and relax relaxation and not to rush and don't turn up late (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so just just to the breathing exercises so all this I do talk about with with carers when I'm doing the work you know um, to relate my experiences and then you know uh, so that's how conversations uh, develop and they gain trust yeah Mm. Yeah, so we, we can't underestimate the power really of of sort of, you know, taking things out of your brain, whether it's oh. journaling, whether it's, you know, talking to a counsellor, mm-hmm. whether it's doing your therapeutic life story work, just getting it all out. 
looking at it and understanding it, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And, and the power of doing that with foster carers during the session as well. You know, obviously they're not going to talk about, you know, extreme extreme traumas when they sat down with a with a child, but when they're talking about their past experiences and how it's affected them, you know, sharing that and writing it out on the wallpaper and, you know, stuff. We do a we do a activity called the behaviour tree, which is um well known in um in substance um, support, substance abuse, when, when for recovery, but but in with dealing with trauma, we we write down behaviours, beha- positive and negative behaviours on on the leaves on the trees, and then um, and then we draw the roots, and we draw you know the things that have happened, the, the past experiences mm-hmm. again, positive and negative, and then we we connect the roots to the trees, and then you can see yeah. then how you know. And, and 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 that's how you raise awareness of these behaviours because the foster care the children always come up with the most negative behaviours. It's the foster carers that remind them of some of the positive behaviours as well. Um, and we talk about what's helpful and what's not helpful. You know um, why some of those behaviours have formed because of to to cope with some of the traumas that have happened before. And the same with with the carers; they can do that for themselves as well. And when we do it side by side, it's really powerful. Yeah, and and some of these these traumas that we experience as children sometimes can be things that we don't even remember, yeah. can't they? Because mm-hmm. the 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 brain sort of absorbs. Is it what age is it that that your your brain sort of absorbs the the most? Um, well, and you don't even really realise it. Yeah, when you're I mean, uh, um, I mean, from not to two, yeah. um, you know, those those uh, uh, your brain is developing at the fastest pace, and you're taking on all the environment, all the you know your template for relationships, yeah. and and although you don't have those memories, if if it's been chaotic, if it's been abusive, if your experience has been um, neglectful, then the body will remember. You know that yeah. um, the the body keeps the score. Yeah. You know the famous book. Yeah. So. So behaviours, sometimes we don't understand where certain behaviours, you know, aggression or, um, you know, um, them them kind of trauma responses. We don't know where they've come from. Mm-hmm. But when we look... When we look at um, brain development, and, and we, we I do brain development with the children as well. I show them how um, how that can affect how their experiences can affect their brain development, and and that's always quite sad. But then what we focus on because we talk about the fight, flight, and freeze, the limbic, you know, the the um, limbic part of the brain, which is you know um, that you know if it, and I explain that when they're in a stressful situation, they will act automatically. Because because of those memories that you know, because of that, mm. those experiences that they don't always remember, but it, the brain does and the body does. Um, so then we talk about the superpower, which is um, you know uh, neuroplasticity. So the synapses can go on developing and making changes right up until death. So, you know, we can change some of these habits once we have awareness, once yeah. we know that's why it's really important to talk about the past and, and, and experiences. But I have to say that, um, you know, we don't, I, I, although I find out all the information so that I have a clear, clear understanding. Um, and sometimes we do say everything that's happened if we think if we think that the child's capable of of, of understanding yeah. and holding that information. But but we only tell them what they think, what we need, what they need to know, what yeah. would be helpful to know, what would be helpful to understand. Yeah. Wow, it's so fascinating, isn't it? That 
I think sometimes we we just don't really think about how our past really affects mm-hmm. our present and and then in turn our future really yeah, doesn't yeah, it yeah, yeah absolutely understanding the past helps you think positively about the future and towards the end of the sessions that's what we do focus on is the future and you know we do exercises where we look at you know what what they think about what they want to um to achieve in the future and we identify who can help what they can do how other people can help and that's a really important exercise you know as you're coming towards the end for them to to feel hopeful and positive yeah so you can tell Linda you're so passionate about this like can you ever imagine yourself doing anything different or is this your life's work no no I do lots of different things at um, where I work at Alpha Plus Fostering do you know um, but this is the thing that I'm most passionate about um yeah and what is it that inspires you to 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 keep going with this work because I imagine it's quite challenging at times it is quite challenging it's for um you know there's lots of um uh difficult information that you that you you come across and you have to talk about but but just when you have a, when you have a breakthrough when I've talked with a young person about domestic violence and I talk about the situation that you know the power power and control struggle within that and I see the relationship I see the understanding he now has with his mum about his mum and the comfort that that's brought to him you know um uh, that is worth you know I can't put that into words what that is worth and when I see them then going on to you know make positive have positive outcomes and just enjoy life yeah thank you so much for talking to us today Linda you're so inspiring thank you (laughs) thank you and if you've been inspired by Linda and you want to find out more about fostering in general please do go to our website nfa.co.uk